Listen, several times when we were recording this episode, I needed to step out for air. <laughs> anyway, today's episode is with Remy Makonjola, the founder of Grace to Parent, who is also a member of Show Up Circle, my paid community for entrepreneurs who are growing their brands and becoming go-to leaders in their industry. I am so delighted to bring this episode to you. Remy shared a lot of things that we thought we knew about, especially the only thing that makes a difference in your relationship with your child. Look, she specifically said that most of us are just not okay because we're still recovering from our childhood. She not only shared tools to help you uncover this, she also gave golden nuggets like the purpose of parenting is not to parent a child and structure is a form of self-care. Look, you need to hear this for yourself. So I'll let you dive in. Enjoy. Welcome to She Shows Up Podcast giving you the tools and strategies you need to create, lead, sell, and stand out online. It's time to show up. And here's your host, Tolu Michaels. Hi, Remy. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. Fabulous. I'm so excited to talk with you. I cannot even wait. But before we dive in, please introduce yourself the way that you like to be introduced. My name is Remy Makonjola. And I'm the founder of Grace to Parent. It's a positive parenting platform. I am a positive parenting educator, coach, and I'm also a parent-child relationship expert. I'm really passionate about helping parents connect better with their children because I truly believe that everything we want to teach our children, every legacy we want to leave our children, everything we want to give to our children is on the other side of connection. And so that's my life's work. Wow, that's so interesting. You know, this thing you said about connecting better with your children, in the in the home that you grew up with, what did connection mean? What kind of work did the adults around you do and how did they connect with you? So my parents were, first of all, I have the best parents in the world. Um, my parents are both engineers. Wow. My dad was an entrepreneur. So he has his own engineering firm, which he still runs. And my dad is almost 80. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he loves his work and he's just he kind of, he's good at it you know and he keeps going and my mom she had a nine to five she used to work for the Lagos state government mm. and she retired at the top of her you know at the highest level in her fields and so work for them looked like being the best you know my parents had multiple awards from in their field they were my mom was president of the Professional Women's Engineering Association of Nigeria at some point. Wow. The work was, work was for them, I could tell that they loved what they did, you know. So work for them was love, like loving going every day, loving everything that came with work, working hard, you know. Um, work was traveling a lot, going for conferences. Mm. Um, you know, work, work was actually from the standpoint of my child eyes, work was actually something that I looked forward to. You know, it was something that was presented as if it was good. You mm. know, that, that was, that's, that's definitely good. Thank you for asking that. It made me kind of go back and reflect a little bit on that. Fabulous. You know, I like what you said about how work was presented as if it was good. That also made me think about it for a minute. Like, hmm, as a child, did I think work was good, you know, based on the people I saw. And off the top of my head, I can remember those who were complaining all the time and those who looked excited. And those people who dressed so nice, I was like, man, in my future, I had to dress up <laughs> go to work. So, so, yeah, but, you know, my next question would actually be that, did that in any way affect 
how you started to view work as you grew up. Absolutely. So while work was good and work was presented like something that you love, you know, absolutely. Work was also presented as something that took time, took your time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I remember, you know, after school, go to my mom's office. I remember us staying there for like really long time. I remember sometimes when we were home, I remember them having to leave us at home and things like that. So I remember work being time consuming. Right. And so as an adult, again, with my inner child eyes, it has affected the way I work, right? And so I've designed my work around my life and not my Mm. life around my work. Mm. Make sure that I'm really present with my children and to make sure that I am working. I define my own hours and I define it around my family's lifestyle, not the other way around. Hmm. Why did you do that? So is it... Is it, is it like, okay, that's how to do things or you got the opportunity to do it or you intentionally designed it that way and why? I intentionally designed it that way just because I've always had this mindset that I wanted to be truly present for my children. I wanted to raise my children myself because my parents worked very well and very hard and they were good at what they did they loved what they did all of those things are very well and there's nothing wrong with it it also made them be away a lot right mm. we were very busy. and so we had a lot of help you know they had they had a host of help and i remember a lot of times you know running to the gate as a little child when my parents cars were leaving the house and i was crying i always have that picture in my head and so when i had mm. my girlfriend i knew that i wanted to be their primary caregiver not somebody else and so I definitely intentionally designed my life in that way. Now, I'm fortunate enough that my husband has always had a job, his business and all of those things that were anchored and were, were consistent. And so it gave me the flexibility to show up more on the home front as a homemaker. So I designed my business around my family's lifestyle in a way that makes me more present and be able to be my children's primary caregiver, even mm. while still supporting. Fabulous. Yes. Uh, yes. That last statement you made, even while still succeeding at work, is so important because when people hear things like homemaker, primary caregiver, they start to feel like, oh, but I have work. Isn't that for people who don't go to work? And I know that you have done you know, several businesses and, and you still have a real business going on and you work. So this idea of being a primary caregiver for your children, being available to them, being present in your own way as much as you can well succeeding at work i'd like us to explore that further is it really first of all Rami, is it really possible for everyone that people have to go to work can they still be present in the way that you're describing it absolutely they can Hmm. okay so what would you say is the critical factor that can make this happen because even me i'm just listening and i'm like you mean that somebody can in a sense succeed at work without neglecting their families and i ask this because i tend to read memoirs a lot and many people who have been successful in the eye of the public that children kind of have a different view not all but but many people i've read some of these things and people are essentially saying oh okay you know my dad was this in fact if you read their family's version of who those people are i doubt that you still celebrate them as much 
as you actually do. And that makes me wonder, you know, I keep saying to myself, I don't want that. But I don't, I don't know exactly what are the steps. How do you do this? How do you make sure this doesn't happen? Because I guess everyone tries their best in the way that they know how to, which is even a problem, right? You don't know how to, so you should learn how to. So where do we start and what are the steps? Okay, so the first thing is to have an intention to be present, right? And understanding the importance of connecting with your children. You know, everything you want to teach your children, every legacy you want to leave your children is on the other side of connection. So if you don't build a good, solid connection, strong connection with your children while they're young, you may not have access. Matter of fact, I can almost guarantee you that you will not have access into their lives, not in the way that you want, not in an intimate way, right? You would always be their parents, right? They will always love you, but you may not have access into their lives in an intimate way when they get older. So when you have an intention to be present, you can build your lifestyle, right? Or your your work style around the lifestyle that makes your family thrive, right? If you have that in mind, I think it, it begins to direct the, the steps that you take, the things that you do. Now, there's nothing wrong in going to work from nine to five, nine to eight, whatever it is. Let's say you had the most demanding job and took you out of the house from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every single day. Do you know there's still ways, if you have an intention to be present, if you started out with an intention to be present, to still be present for your children, right? It will take sacrifice. It may mean that you have to, you know, on the weekends, people just know that, okay, she's not going to come or he's not going to come because he's going to be present with his family, right? If you're already out of the house from seven to seven, it means that you're probably not seeing your children during the week that much, right? Now, it means that you have to sacrifice somewhere else. You may not be able to go to every function, every family function and all those kinds of things. But if you have an intention to be present, all those things, they don't even, they, they lose the weight of being so important, right? Because you prioritize. Mm. The thing is, children don't need that much, actually. They need consistency, right? So if you know that you're going to be busy through, throughout the week because of your work and your job and things like that, intentionally start maybe your Saturday morning, Sunday evenings, whatever it is. Give your child, each child, 10 minutes of undivided mm. attention. Let them know that every Sunday at 4 p.m., Every Saturday at 10 a.m., mommy or daddy is going to have this one-on-one -on -one time with me. I look forward to it. So I forgive them for leaving me from 7 to 7 every day from Monday through Friday. Do you understand? So I think having mm -hmm. that intention to be present is the most important thing. Oh, that, I like, that was so good. So children don't need that they just need consistency they need consistency and you know what because we are on the show up podcast right you <laughs> have an intention to be present you find ways to show up for your family you find ways to show up to the connection you rise up to the occasion of connection you take every opportunity to connect with your children if you're at home working from home right now you know because we're in a pandemic and you're still essentially busy from seven to seven you'll find pockets if you get a 10 minute break, you come and you sit down, you put your phone away in a way that is obvious to your child that I'm putting it away because I want to have spend time with you. You can even tell them, right? So there's nothing worse than assuming that your child knows that you love them or assuming that your child knows that because you came to sit down beside them, you came to spend time with them. Oh, you can be so wrong and you'll have been wasting your time for so long thinking, I'm giving this child everything. I sit down with them. I pick them from school. But what do you mean? How can you tell me that they don't feel connected? Absolutely, they don't feel connected. If you don't tell them, children are so simple. If I sit down beside my child, I take the budget and tell them, I'm sitting down here because I want to spend time with you. I'm sitting down here because I just want to sit with you. This is our time. It doesn't have to be our time. I might have just remembered as I was walking to the kitchen to drink water, you know, but they don't have to know that, right? So make 
that five minutes that you have golden by mm. that intention to be present, by tell, letting them know why are you here? I'm putting my phone away so I can you can have my undivided attention. Is there anything you want to talk about? I have five minutes. That will be the best five minutes of their life. But you are here thinking, oh gosh, I'm such a bad mom. I'm such a bad dad. I don't have 100 hours to spend with my child. And the child is just like, I just need five minutes. But that five minutes, mm-hmm. you need to tell me that this is why I'm here. You know, you make, you elevate the quality of that five minutes by letting your child know this is why you're here. Another mm-hmm. thing is telling your children things. It, don't look at it as, oh, it doesn't it take out the, the um for the sweetness of it. If I tell them, let me tell you, give you an example. This example is completely unrelated to connection. But when I was teaching my children about body safety, right? Anytime, and I've done this from the from the moment they were born. I mean, when I'm changing their diaper, when they were little, I would, I'm telling them what I'm, what I'm doing. When they grew older to toddlerhood and they started to potty train, when I enter into the bathroom with them and I sit them on the, on the toilet, I excuse myself, but I don't just walk out. Because I want them to know why I'm walking out. And I tell them, I'm going to give you some privacy, right? And so now, whenever they, they caught on to it pretty quickly. And so whenever I escort them to the bathroom now, and of course, just my uh, my daughter now, because my daughter is four, my, my boys are older, so I don't need to do that anymore. She tells me, and she's been doing this since she was like two, can you please give me some privacy? You know, because yeah. I'm intentional about why I'm leaving because you can give a child privacy, but if you don't let them know you're giving them privacy, they don't know you're giving them privacy. They, so they don't, you still haven't kept them safe, right? In the, in the water. Mm. The same thing about, about connection. You have to let your child know your intention. When you let them know your intention, then it resonates. You know, it, it, they connect the dots. So it's so important that you, and that's why we're going back to that intention to be present. You know, when you make the intention to be present, you take every opportunity to be intentional about the things that you're doing. You know, a lot of people talk about intentional parenting, and I find that it's the most washed phrase because there's actually nothing so intentional about the parenting when you think about the, the lifestyle. It's not just something you say. Intentional about parenting means you're literally about every step you take you, is calculated. Every step is a calculated, but there's nothing random. You know, people make jokes and say, oh, you, we just were all, um, we're winging it. No, parenting was never meant to be winged. Why? Why would you wing? I mean, how is that for showing up, please? To look like, do you, do you just get to work and wing it? That, oh, okay, let's just see what happens today. No, you go to work with an intention. You have a plan. You already know what you're going to do for that day. And if something comes up randomly, you already have a process of how you tackle something like that. Same thing with your children, right? So having that intention to be present determines how you show for your children. Wow. Remy, my goodness. You know, when you said parenting was never meant to be winged, I wanted to step out for air because I'm like, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've been saying this. And essentially, the reason we say it, right, is because it doesn't come with a manual. And most times, you just do what you saw your parents do. Even the things that you had sworn to never do. And as you were speaking, right, there were some, you know, like some disconnections in my brain just saying, like a part of me was saying, oh, but I never saw my African parent do that. And, and then another part of me was saying, but, that, but that's what you're saying, that you, you want to be different. And it just makes me realize how much dysfunction is so ingrained in parenting style, especially because you've had your entire time to practice watching an imperfect parent. And now you're essentially just implementing everything you've watched all your life. So for me, and because you're African as well, so I'm just thinking, 
this whole idea of, oh, tell your child, I'm giving you privacy. I'm coming to spend five minutes with you now. It's so foreign, you know. Is it a foreign thing or is it? I think my question is, why don't we connect better with our children? Is there a reason people behave this way? Because it sounds simple and easier to be what you're describing. So why do people do the opposite? Well, you, you answered your question with, the first thing you said, see subconscious conditioning. We've watched it happen for so long that even if we had, and that's why it's so important to make the intention to be present because having that intention to be present rewires your brain. The subconscious conditioning is you do naturally what you've seen other people do, right? So even in showing up, you are able to show up when you see other people show up, positive or negative. So you can show up negatively if you've seen other people show up negatively. This is what most people, people do in all parts of the world. It has nothing to do with being African, right? Mm. Yes, it's very, it's common in most places, right? But you can also be an intentional parent in any part of the world. So I think why people don't connect with their children is also because people don't understand what makes their children feel loved. Parents have a warped sense sometimes of what children value, right? So, you know, during Christmas and all the holidays, you find all these funny jokes on on the internet one of them is when my children asked me what i'm getting them for christmas and then you see this picture with like this red bow on the doorknob to show that i provided you with the house to leave you know mm-hmm. you find it the red bow on the fridge meaning that i provided you with food to eat you find a red bow on their closet to say that i'm clothing you you find a red bow on their light switch to say i'm provide i'm paying the bills all of those mm-hmm. things but you see children don't don't value those things as a way of connecting with them they value those things as your responsibility, which in in fact is our responsibility as parents, right? You're not doing your child a favor by providing food, by providing light, paying for the bills, by providing a safe place for them to sleep. Absolutely not. You are doing your responsibility, right? So there's no, you're not doing them a favor. You are doing your responsibility. And so children don't count all those things as, oh, this means my dad is doing this or my mom is doing this because they love me. You know, they look at those things that, oh, that's your job, which it is your job, right? And so when you don't know what the love language, so to speak, of your child is, and you don't know how your child feels love, how your child understands love, how they process love, how they receive love, right? Then you may not know the best way to show up for that child to show them that you love them. You know, so it's, it's important to understand each child. And that's why it's so important to spend that one-on-one time with each child, especially if you have multiple children. Don't just pack all of them together and say, hey, we're all spending time together, you know, or you, you think, oh, just because I picked them up from school and I drove them, you know, home myself, that I'm spending time with them. No, that time doesn't count unless you make the intention. When they come into the car, you let them know that mommy's putting her phone away. And you don't even always have to say it. You may start saying it. And after a while, they catch on. And when I come mm. into the car, Whenever I pick my children from school, I don't talk on the phone with people. My friends know. When my children get in the car, I say goodbye because I want to be intentional about that time that I'm spending with them in the, in the car. That's vital time for me, you know, to find out yeah, what happened at school, you know, how are things and not the time for me to just, you know, they get into the car. They've been away from me for this whole time. And then I'm on the phone. You know, it's disrespectful to them, I think. And so having that intention to connect helps you to probe and if you find a gap in that oh okay Remy I hear what you're saying and I've never really thought about it how my children feel loved or how my children want to be connected with you know then take time and learn how your children value connection or how they understand love so that you can best show up for them Hmm. wow so what happens if you're doing some of these things and 
how do you measure the improvement in the connection? How can you tell that it is working? I love that question. So here's the thing. We're going to re- reword that question or reframe that question. And hmm, okay. the first thing that I want to do is I want to just let everyone know. And I mean, these are like, I, know, I think I'll just have to say here at this point that I don't have it all figured out, right? I'm right here in the trenches. This is work that I'm continually doing with even my own family, right? And so I think it's important to reframe that thought, right? That mindset, because a lot of times parents, and this is natural, you think of your child at the age that your child currently is. But the truth is that the whole purpose of parenting is not to parent a child. We're actually parenting adults. We're trying to raise adults. We're not trying to raise children, right? They start off as children, but we want to deliver them as well-rounded, wholesome adults into society. So in that sense, there's no real way to measure. And in that sense, there's no real need to measure because if your child's brain scientifically takes 25 years to grow into its fullness, right? So it means that anything that your child does between the age of zero to 25 can still be worked on, can still be improved. I mean, if adults are still improving. So I don't want you to think sometimes people, parents get impatient and like, oh, I'm not seeing anything right now. So why is he still behaving like that? So why is she still doing this? If I'm, if I keep sacrificing this, think about it as a lifelong journey, right? Think about it as delivering an adult. So at every stage of their childhood, there'll be improvements, but at every stage of their childhood, there's also room for growth. There's something different happening at every stage. So if you master the toddler stage and then they become a little child, and then you start over again, a whole new set of teachings, and then they become a teenager and you start again, and then they become a teenager and you start again, and they become a young adult and you start again, you know, so... If you have, keep your mind on the long-term goal to deliver a well-functioning, well-rounded adult, well-grounded adult. So we're not parenting children. We're not raising children. We're raising adults. I love that so much. And something that I picked from the way you speak about children is you're so conscious of the fact that they are people. I mean, they are people, but I just love the way you're talking about it, like... They are human beings. They're not just little you or toys. You know, there's just this this way that people relate with children sometimes that is almost as if you don't expect them to think for themselves or to have impressions about what you're doing or to have feedback for you. But you have totally changed that mindset. And I love that you did that without even shouting about it. And interesting that I use the word shouting, right? As part of your graceful parenting framework, you have this conversation around shouting. And I would really like us to go there. <laughs> I would like us to go there because when people are conscious of the fact that they are raising their kids to become you know adults that contribute positively to society they say things like i have to train you now you know so you don't get spoiled so you don't and so there's a lot of discipline while growing up there's punishment while growing up and whenever i hear you say oh you don't have to shout or yell i'm, I'm also thinking well shouting didn't kill me you know <laughs> I, I, I was shouted at a lot and I didn't turn out too badly. So my question to you would be, why shouldn't we do it this way? 
And how else can we get them to listen? Because sometimes it's like they're not listening. Right. So I love what you just said. And <laughs> you spoke my words. So I one thing that I always love to tell people is I love to debunk that whole myth of, well, I turned out okay. Actually, a lot of parents, a lot of adults are still recovering from their childhoods. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm sure at the end of this conversation, you yourself, you're going to go back and you're going to reflect and you're going to see that, okay, I'm not as functional as I actually thought. I'm not, I actually didn't turn out well, you know, because we didn't, we didn't, ter- we actually didn't turn out well. You know, a lot of us have deep seated wounds, you know, a lot of us are parenting from a place of fear based on how mm-hmm. we were raised. A lot of us are parenting from a place of pain. A lot of us are given naturally to punishment and harsh responses because of the way we were raised or because of the things that we saw while we were being raised. So actually we didn't turn out well. A lot of us are, are a lot of us need therapy. We're just while hmm. walking around, you know, with all these deep seated things, things that are so painful and so, so wrong, but we've accepted as normal. So it's like you have this pain, but well, they've told you that this is how it is. So I'm just going to walk around with this pain for the rest of my life until I meet somebody who doesn't have the pain. And I'm like, oh, it's possible not to have this pain. I never knew. You know, so actually we didn't turn out well when we think about it. A lot of us just didn't. We are functioning from a place of dysfunction. So what, what are we going to do different? What would we do instead of shouting? <laughs> like, so, I don't know. So the thing is, the thing is, like I said, everything you want to teach your child is on the other side of connection, right? And punishment is different from discipline. Let's just make that distinction right now. Punishment mm. is different from discipline. If you think about the word discipline, the root of the word discipline is a Latin word. The, the root of discipline is disciple. Uh, to disciple and to disciple means to teach so at every point when you have the intention to be present you want to look for teachable moments with your children every interaction you have should teach them something when you shout and you scream you're teaching them that this is what it looks like not to have (laughs) self-control okay you're giving them a model (laughs) for not having self-control right and so when your child grows up and becomes this impatient irrational quick to anger person you're wondering why well you taught them you know when you punish and you threaten and all those things you're teaching them how how it is to be inconsistent to be unstable you know so punishment and discipline are not the same thing punishments the, the the goal of punishment is to inflict pain it's not to teach it's to inflict pain and there's this quote that i really love it says where do we get the crazy idea that in order to make children behave good, we have to make them feel bad. I mean, it's counterproductive. Mm-hmm. You want to make somebody behave well, but then you want to make them feel bad. You want to make them behave better, but then you want to make them feel worse. I mean, think about it in a work setting. If you want your employee to behave well, do you make them feel bad? Absolutely no. not. No. You know, so same thing with our children. And so punishment actually is ineffective because it doesn't teach your child anything. However, discipline, the essence of discipline is to teach, right? So discipline has a positive root while punishment has a negative root in that punishment usually comes from our fear. Now, discipline doesn't mean that you allow your child to do whatever they want or to get away with things. My children have very certain boundaries. My children have very, I mean, they know. I don't have to say things over and over and over again. Okay, well, fine. Let me not lie. Sometimes I do, right? Who doesn't? 
but they know they have boundaries. They know the rules. You know, there are some things that are just not negotiable. There's some things that they just know. This is how we do it because consistency, right? And so punishment is doesn't teach your child. So if your goal is to teach your children anything, then you need to start on understanding the principles of graceful discipline. You know, you need to start learning, okay, as much as you can about graceful discipline. What is the process? How do I go from a chronic yeller? Because the truth is that I used to be a chronic yeller. I used to yell a lot. You know, I'm not a calm person by nature. I'm not a, I'm not quiet. I'm actually a like a little uh, burst of fire. <laughs> you know, that's the best way I can describe myself. I'm a presence when I'm there, you know, you know. And so I used to yell a lot. It was what came naturally to me, especially because it was what I saw growing up, right? You know, and it's so interesting. My mom actually never really yelled at me, at me, right? But she just yelled in general, you know. <laughs> and so I adopted that, right? But I was yelling at my children. But I realized very quickly that it wasn't getting them anywhere. Because here's what I tell parents. When parents are like, oh, please, you know, like, let's not even go there. I don't want to talk about not yelling because there's no way. Like, I'll be all, they'll be all right. I was, I'm, I'm all right, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, the reason why we're actually having this conversation is because you're not all right. The reason why you're yelling is because you were yelled at. So you're obviously not all right because you're totally from that place of dysfunction, right? And I tell them, look, if your child is, for example, your child is two years old or your is three years old and you already you already started shouting at them you already started yelling at them guess what let's give you 18 years right let's say at 18 a child becomes an adult in some countries let's even give them up to 21 in some countries so if your child is two years old it means that for the next 16 years you're committed to shouting at them are you ready to go on that journey and they're like oh i never thought about it like that yes because that's what's going to happen mm -hmm. so if you're already shouting at three years old as long as you're committed look if you want to if you're committed like you know what this stress I feel, this overwhelm I feel, this pain, this frustration I feel right now with my children not listening and me having to shout all the time. I'm just, you know, it is what it is. I'm committed to it for the next 16 years. Peace be, keep going with that, right? But if you're like, you know what, Remy, okay, I'm listening because I can't, 16 years, I can't do this. And guess what? It escalates. So the level of problem that you're having with your child now is going to get even more advanced, you know, from toddler to young child, from young child to, to tween ages, from tween ages to teenager, it's going to get more complex, right? And so your your shouting has to get even more complex, you know? So if you're not, if you know that, then that this frustration you feel is something that you don't want to spend the rest of your life feeling, then you begin to find a way to make the change now and switch over to graceful parenting because punishment, threats, bribing, all those things, they don't work. At the end of the day, you'll be frustrated. You'll be embarrassed because your children will show you out, you know, when you're outside in public and you will end up not teaching them anything except the negative thing. Let me tell you something. Never worry that your children aren't listening to you. Worry that they are always watching you. They're watching how you deal with life situations. They're watching how you deal with how you talk to other people around you. They're watching how you talk to them. It starts to define how they talk to their siblings. It starts to define how they talk to people around them. It would eventually define how they speak to their own children. You know, so you are leaving a legacy already, even without writing your will. You are already leaving your legacy while you are alive. Your children are already taking notes. You are writing on their heart. Every single moment of your life, you are making deposits in the memory banks of your children. Every single moment. You know, that's another quote that I love every single moment you are making deposits into the memory banks of your children good or bad right and so it's so important and and you know it's doable 
you can stop shouting at your children if you make that intention to be present. A lot of times we're shouting because we're disconnected. We're shouting because we're not present in the moment. You know, there's something else that's taking your time. When you think about the times you're shouting, you want to, you know, if you want to stop shouting, right? This is what I tell you. Get a piece of paper and write down every moment. You know, maybe at the end of the day, just think through your day. At what point did I shout at my children? What was I doing? What were they doing? What was happening? You'll find out that you're probably on the phone and you're trying to do something or, you're try- or you probably had a long day or you're probably frustrated with your spouse or something or you were overwhelmed. Maybe you hadn't slept well. You worked all night. There's always something else, right? When you start to pinpoint what those things are, then you can make the intention to be present and start to try to eliminate, right? Or work around those things so that you can be, when you're fully present, you're in control of your emotions. And so you mm. can... You can discipline without shouting. But when you're not fully present within yourself, you are distracted. You're being pulled in different directions. You're frustrated already. You're already irritable. So your children are already at a loss, you know. Mm. So if you really want to stop shouting, I'll say start to take an audit of your day. Every single day, take an audit. Write down what was happening when I was shouting. What was my child doing? And what was I doing? And how that, because that influences how you respond. Now, let me just give you a, a quick tool. And you guys, look, this is a million dollar tool. But I'm <laughs> going to tell you guys for free. Because I really want you guys to start to show up for your children. I really want you to start to, to show up with intention. To make that intention to be present. And I really want you to know that it's possible. So, there's something I call paper tower. The paper tower method, right? So, the paper tower method is original to remember controller. It's something that I came up with. And it's very simple, actually. When you hear it, you'll be like, Remy, you didn't come up with that. It's so simple. Let's think about spilled milk, right? Everybody can relate to spilled milk. Mm-hmm. At some point in your life, your child must have spilled milk, you know. And if they haven't spilled milk, they spilled something else. But let's just talk about spilled milk. What is the antidote for spilled milk? What can help you? What can solve the problem? Let's look at spilled milk as a problem, right? And so we're looking at this from the angle of having the intention to be present. And because that's one perspective I, I want you to take away from this whole conversation, right? That's the essence of showing up, right? That's the essence of your brand is showing up. We're here because we showed up, right? You are here because you showed up, right? Your platform is here because you showed up, right? And so I want us to start to learn how we can show up better for our children, for our families. And so take a Think about that paper tower. Think about the spilled milk. When you have an intention to show up, when you see spilled milk, you, instead of thinking, oh my God, they spilled the milk again. I mean, you can think like that, which is fine. But instead of responding with punishment, shouting, you know, smacking and all of those things, I want you to start to think whenever my child has a misbehavior or displays a misbehavior or does something wrong, whenever there's some sort of chaos or problem, what is the solution? Start to think about the solution. The solution for every spilled milk is paper towel. Mm. The solution for every spilled milk is paper towel. Now, there's a paper towel for every single type of spilled milk, right? So, for example, in the plain sense of spilled milk, if your child spills milk on the floor, why are you shouting you are spilling the milk oh i told you not to hold it like that da 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 blah 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 blah. no need oh you spilled the milk okay mistakes happen this is the conversation i have with my kids pick up a paper towel and please wipe up the spill they may not be able to wipe it up completely but you've taught them again that whenever there's a problem i don't dwell on the problem and wallow in my uh, faults and in the mistake and beat myself up and negative self-talk. No, I find a solution. Mm -hmm. So they get a paper towel and they wipe it. Guess what? Either you or your child or your support 
can find a solution, can use that paper towel. So it's either your child wipes it up with by themselves or you wipe it up for them or somebody in your support system, your spouse, your staff or your, you know, your village, whoever that is, wipes it up for you. Right. So mm -hmm. what? The paper towel has become a solution. If your child walks away from you, you know, teenagers do this. They walk away from you and they slam the door to their room. And you're thinking in that moment, what is this? What is my paper towel? Because there's a paper towel for that, right? What is my paper towel? Your paper towel is just to pause. Don't, that's not the time you charge behind them and you run and you open the door and you just grab them by the collar and be like, how dare you walk away from me? How dare you, you know, that's not a solution. That's adding to the problem. Your solution in that moment is to pause. Time is your solution in that moment. Time mm. and breathing. Just calm down. First of all, take yourself back to center. You know, come back to a place of calm. Come back to a place of emotional responsibility, of emotional intelligence, right? And then act from there. Now, it doesn't mean that your child is not going to get it. It's not doesn't mean that your child is not going to know that what they did was wrong. But let me tell you what's more powerful. Your child knowing that, oh, my mom, my dad could have killed me, but they calmed down. In fact, the, all the moments that you don't come into their room, they'll be there thinking about their lives. Like, oh my goodness, what is she planning? What is she planning? Today is me. I'm at results in my last prayers. Do you understand? And then you come back from a place of power without screaming, without shouting, and just letting them know, I heard that, I saw that, and I didn't appreciate it. And this is why it shouldn't happen again. And this is how I want you to handle it next time this it happens. Do you understand? You've come from a place of power and you've been able to transfer knowledge. You've been able to teach, right? You've used your paper towel. If you followed the child and you screamed at them, guess what that child is going to do? They're going to build a wall. So as you're shouting, the wall is going up, 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 up to the point where you're screaming, but they cannot hear your words. They can only hear your voice. Hmm. So raise your words, not your voice. Okay, this is a quote by Rumi. You guys, by now, you should know that I love quotes. You know, raise your words, not your voice. It is rain that grows flowers, not thunder. Mm. That quote, again, by Rumi says, raise your words, not your voice. It is rain that grows flowers, not thunder. You know, so I want you to always think about what's my paper towel in any situation. I mean, if you, you tell me whatever it is, there's, there's a paper towel for every parent, every child's misbehavior, every parenting issue, concern, challenge is a paper towel. You know, so just think about it. Anytime a child does something, just think, OK, what's my paper towel? What's my paper towel? Meaning what is my solution? What is the solution right now? The solution that either I implement, my child implements or my support system implements, you know, and that will help you uh, on your journey. Mm. To parenting. Wow. I could listen to you all day. And I mean, this is that point where I say that to learn more about graceful parenting, the paper towel method and every other original interesting method that Remy has, you have to follow her and learn more about her programs, especially her graceful parenting program. We'll put the links, you know, in the episode notes. But Remy, you know, you snatched off our wigs right there because when you talk about it like this, one thing is very clear. Your child is not the problem most of the time you know, where you're saying, look, there's a reason why you're shouting. And if you're taking notes in that moment, you would realize that something is happening. You're disconnected, you're irritable, you know, you're sad, you're frustrated. So it's not even what the child is doing. We are just carrying out whatever it is that we're going through now. We, we are just letting it off on the, <laughs> you know, on the poor children because that's, that's one person that you can sort of, you know, you have control. So you might not be able to shout at your boss who is frustrating you, but then you can take it out on your child. And something there, you know, something is sticking out for me, which is 
what about you? You know, you as a person, you as a parent, I'd like us to just explore that briefly, you know, before we go this thing around. And let me put it this way. A lot of parenting is usually, you know, do this for your child, do this so that your child becomes a responsible adult, do this, you know, so your family stays together, do this so that your, your family thrives. And especially the moms, right? That That's the message that, that you get. And that's what it seems like. It's like everything you're doing is an investment into somebody else's future. That's how it sounds. But listening to you, I actually see that if you don't sort of take care of yourself, like if you don't solve your own problems, you can't even help all these people you're going to take it out on them you're going to lash on them and you're going to essentially raise horrible people if you don't if you don't sort yourself out so how can you know what are some of the things that we can do to sort of take care of ourselves to make sure that even as we raise our families as we're showing up for other people we're not losing our own selves and i mean simple things as you mean you're a busy mom you have a business you have a career you have a family you don't have all the luxury of time and money in the world what can you do to sort yourself out so that you can show up better for your family absolutely it's so important to show up for yourself first right we cannot fill somebody else's cup if yours is empty you cannot pour mm-hmm. out of an empty cup right we hear that all the time but here's here's some practical ways that you can do that especially if you don't have the luxury of all of the things that you've just said to do number one use time you know well let's start from again i'm always going to go back to intention to be present have an intention to be present and by having an intention to be present communicate effectively with your children you can tell your children that mommy needs time i need 10 minutes i'll come to you in 10 minutes you know if your child is at an age where they don't understand you know and there's somebody around that can hold them for that time you know communicate to that person i just need some time and take that time right it's okay if your child is at the door knocking let them know that i need 10 minutes i need 20 minutes whatever it is but you see when you don't let your children know you just go and hide in your closet and you lock the door they're going to be looking for you for all that time but if you let them know they may still look for you right but at least they know and over time if you're consistent they start to understand when my mommy says she needs 10 minutes she needs 10 minutes you may even give them your phone and say hey I'm putting the timer on now, not probably to watch or anything, but just for them to look at the alarm and count down with you for those 10 minutes, right? You give them power. Like, okay, now look, this is the 10 minutes. Once it's done, come and knock on the door, you know, or you can, one thing that I I do is sit in my car. And for me, actually, I, I actually did a life audit and I realized that whenever I was stressed out, I needed time by myself. And whenever I did things that made me stress out, so one of the things that I that make me stress out is school runs. You know, I don't like driving. And so anytime I'm back from like dropping my kids off at school or picking them up or whatever it is, I sit in the car for like 10 minutes. But I realized that I did that more whenever I was stressed. But, you know, we've been home for almost a year now. And so going back for school runs, I'm actually excited to, to take them to school now. <laughs> It's funny how your mind can be reset um, when there's a pandemic. But taking time in your car, 10 minutes, or taking a shower, you know, taking a, taking a warm shower, cold shower, whatever it is that makes you feel refreshed. You know, time. Time is the most valuable, also free, you know, luxury that everyone has. So use your time effectively. Use your time wisely. So another thing that you can do is you could actually use routines. You know, children love consistency and routines. Have structure in your home. Structure is a form of self-care, right? Having consistent bedtime, consistent feeding times and things like that. Transition times should be consistent in your home. And 
when I say transition times, I mean your morning routine, you know, either for yourself or for your children, both of them would give you as their parent a emotional wellness, right? So your morning routine, your midday routine, which is like what you do before lunch, during lunch, after lunch, and then your nighttime routine, you know, what are the three things that go into preparing for nighttime, for bedtime, you know, while you're asleep and what you do after your kids have gone to bed, you know, those three transitions are really important. Uh, When you put structure in those things, those are also forms of self-care that you don't need to pay money for, right? Um, Another thing that is really, really important, of course, we're talking about filling your own cup first. And one thing that I found that fills my cup is, and this is something that I recently just adopted, is as moms, as dads, a lot of times we're so hard on ourselves. And actually not just us, people around us are also hard on us, you know? So there's a lot of negative self-talk and negative talk. So I want you to reframe that. Start to write yourself love notes. For every time you say, oh, I'm such a bad mom, oh, I messed up, come back at the end of the night and write yourself something nice. One thing that you did well today, one thing that's good about how you've been showing up for your family, how you've been showing up for yourself, one thing that you love about yourself, even if it's your body, even if it's your mind, even if it's something that you enjoyed in that day that made you feel, you know, in love with yourself. And it'll be hard initially. And even if all you do is say, I love you, you know, write your name and say, I love you. Love from your name. You know, it starts to retrain your mind because if you've said all these negative things to yourself all day, you know, and then you come back at night and you essentially wipe those things off, right? By telling yourself that you still love you. It's so important. Even while we're, you have the intention to be present for your children, for your family and all of those things, all those things are nice, but you need to first make that intention to be present for yourself. You know, and a, a simple way that I found uh, that I just learned also is to write love notes to yourself. You know, say good things about yourself. Even I would really recommend writing it down, but I even want you to go further. You know, by the time you write it down, you start to think about it more. If you start a habit of doing that, you find yourself in the middle of the day looking for things. Oh, what do I love about myself today? What can I love mm-hmm. about myself so that I can have something to write down? You know, and so you start reframing how you think about yourself. You know, so don't pour from an empty cup right? Let me tell you, the truth is that you can only actually share from your overflow. So if you have a cup and your cup is not full and you're pouring from that cup, you're essentially giving up what is inside of you. You're giving up your essence. You're giving up your your core. You're giving up your blood, right? So you can only share what you have in excess. You can't share. No sense in sharing what you don't even have enough of because it will neither help you or the person that you're trying to give. You know, so share from your abundance. Share from your excess. Now, this is only in a self-love capacity. This has nothing to do with your dollars. Right. There's always enough of that to go around. But fill your cup first. You know, we've all had the analogy of when you're in an airplane, you know, the pilot or the hostess always tell you, put on your seatbelt first before you put on for your child. Wear your oxygen mask first before you wear for your child. You know, you always have to make sure that you are filled, you know, and so be intentionally present for yourself and show up, show up for your first yourself first so that you can show up for um, the people that you love as well oh wow Remy that was so detailed and so generous of you thank you and I remember your love notes because you posted one of those in show up circle and I thought it was so cute I mean everybody was saying oh I love this 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 is so cool and yeah I'm I'm just excited that you are in our you know show up circle so (laughs) so I get a lot of access to you but even then listening to you I know I want to continue this conversation. I know that I want to learn more. I know that one episode is not enough 
give me everything I need to be an intentional parent forever. So do you have a program, you know, for someone listening who, who's thinking, how can I continue this conversation? How can I get more of these tools and strategies for showing up? for my family. So do you have a a program that includes this and that accommodates people like us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. Um, This was, this has been uh, the best use of my time right now. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I have a program. uh, It's called the Graceful Parenting Program and it was designed um, for the modern parent. So I was searching for a holistic, complete parenting system and I just couldn't find one you know I searched faith-based secular you have it and I just didn't find one program that was fully encompassing and so I created one the graceful parenting program is a holistic way to approach parenting it's a, it kind of gives you a 360 view it covers every single facet you can think of you can imagine um, that comes into play in parenting so it's designed for the modern parent who wants to be intentional about their parenting who wants to really show up for themselves and for their family but doesn't know how right it gives you the entire blueprint for positive parenting but in bite-sized chunks because the worst thing that you can do to parent is to add one more thing to their list one more thing you know to their to-do list right and so the lessons are designed in bite-sized chunks that are not overwhelming at all plus there's coaching there's accountability and there's support you know you never have to feel like you're alone you have the support of myself and of like-minded parents you know who are also on the same journey who are also in the trenches just like you are so there's no judgment it's just it's a safe place for all of us to grow mm-hmm. and indeed I am also in the program and growing with within myself and with my family and with everyone that joined as well so definitely you want to check that out thank you for joining me today it's been such a pleasure to speak with you thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of she shows up podcast we have more inspiring episodes for you and to access all the tools and strategies and links that we referred to in today's episode head over to she shows up podcast.com go there now and i'll see you online